Hi, welcome back to the Constant Improver podcast. This is the seventh episode and the last episode. Thank you for tuning in. Today we are going to discuss spiritual values, Carter's eight-stage framework for change, and the AI method. first question is, some people believe that all good leadership is spiritual in nature. Others think spiritual values have no place at work. Discuss these two opposing views. I definitely can see some truth that all good leadership is spiritual in nature. Over the weeks, we have studied several leadership styles and characteristics. Humble, transformational, and servant leadership. They all emphasize collaboration, listening, empathy, coaching, inspiring, And don't forget the importance of having courage to make the best decisions with a high moral and ethical code. A lot of top leadership styles are attempting to create a positive, inclusive environment that motivates their team to do their best, in turn increasing the overall productivity of the organization. Several attributes of spiritual leadership go hand in hand with the leadership styles that I just named. Let's go a little further. Spiritual leadership is a value-based leadership style that adds an extra element of a true purpose in what you are doing. Every day I go through the motions of my daily duties and I find it hard to be motivated towards goals that I do not feel aligned with my purpose, my purpose to serve. Purpose is deeper than daily job duties. It's the warm fuzzy feeling of doing something you love. As uncomplicated as it may sound, I find it very purposeful to help others have a better day. If that's going out of my way to support or help someone finish a task, I'll do it. I feel like I know why I'm here. I don't think everyone is wired that way though. I do feel that adding a side of spirituality to an organization could have such a positive impact on employees. A culture that is comprised of compassion, respect, appreciation with a vision that instills a reason to wake up in the morning. An article called, What is Spiritual Leadership in the Workplace? indicates a positive outcome for spirituality in the office includes increased job satisfaction, commitment, improved productivity, lower turnover, and people missing less work. Creating a community at the office that lifts each other up and connectivity has lasting positive impact on your subordinates. We do know this makes sense with all the recent unethical scandals in the business world. A need for increased corporate responsibility in this day and age is critical for success. I tried to find the perfect article that had an argument against spiritual leadership. With that being said, the only one I could find was conflicting religious views. I am not even sure if that fits the discussion since spirituality in the workplace isn't really connected to religion in this case. It's more about the values and that environment that you create for your own organization. But let's just go with it. So if you have created some programs and all kinds of things to draw in those people that enjoy that um, spiritual value atmosphere there may be some issues that come up in the office when people do not do not have the same religions and they kind of have conflicting views of each other but you can focus on implementing new plans and policies that will help defuse the issue So question number two, how are Cotter's eight-stage framework for change and the AI method similar? How are they different? And explain. Let's begin. Cotter's eight-stage framework is designed to provide an outline for leaders that want to successfully bring change to their organization. Most things in life will involve change, especially in an organization. So the best thing a leader can do is to embrace the idea of change and prep for the challenges ahead. 
a leader has to be the change they want to see. Number one, light a fire for change. A leader will have to dig deep and find a way to connect to their subordinates to help them understand the importance of the new developments with the company. Establishing an emotional connection is an optimal way for a leader to motivate followers to understand why the change is needed. Numbers and facts are not going to draw the same appeal as tapping into someone's emotions. Number two, get the right people on board. For success with any great mission, you need to have influences on your side to encourage others in the office to join the change campaign. These people are committed and assist subordinates with the new processes to ensure change is accepted. Number three, paint a compelling picture. The vision is why we are doing this. It's critical. You have to let your subordinates know that some positive will come from the change and the best ways to provide an understanding with vision and strategy. Number four, communicate the change widely. Communication is a make or break for companies. I understand why it would be so critical during a time of change. People naturally avoid change and it has to be a negative connotation in the workplace. So a leader has to over communicate and be the number one role model. Number five, remove obstacles and empower people. We have read several times that an effective leader works hard to alleviate unnecessary steps or obstacles in the way of their team. To encourage morale, empowering employees is an essential step for success. This includes time, knowledge, and resources. Number six, achieve and celebrate quick wins. There are more than a few instances in my life that have helped me understand the importance of a small win. It was necessary for me to stay motivated, re-energize, so I could get um, to my goal. The same is true for a leader to be effective in the process of change. They must celebrate small victories with their team to ensure motivation is not lost towards the end goal. But number seven, keep it moving. The pace must not slow in the celebratory phase. It's easy to get distracted when you reach your small goals, but a leader has to anticipate this state and continue to hone in on the rest of the changes that need to be implemented. Number eight, make changes stick. Voila, the final stage of making it stick. At this point, the leaders need to have a pretty good idea of what motivates their team and offer the best reward system to make sure there is no backsliding. So now we're going to cover some ground to further understand the appreciative initiative, the optimistic approach to change. Instead of looking for the negative outcomes of an organization, the AI method seeks to find why something is going so right. Stage number one, discovery. It is the process of asking questions that help identify successful themes, processes, and experiences within the organization. Number two, dream. In the dream stage, they review all the information from their discovery stage and start to imagine the positive changes at work in their organization. A new vision is starting to take shape. Number three, design. The design stage signals it's time for a plan of action. So they start piecing together what is necessary to make their dream a reality. This includes leadership, behavior, business processes, structures, and whatever is important to create and maintain the change. Number four, destiny. The final stage takes all of the positiveness of the past and the future of the organization. It's time to build the new foundation that includes specific programs, activities, and any other necessary things to ensure the change sticks. So the similarities between AI and the Cotter's method of change, they both encourage a reward system or some type of program to maintain the new changes in the workplace. Secondly. They both involve a lot of communication, teamwork, and call to action to make sure the plan is implemented. So the differences are 
I would say the AI is different because they start with how you should change something in the dream stage rather than already the Cotter's is already focused on bringing about the change. Like they already know in Cotter's stage, you already know what the change is. And in AI, you're not sure yet. You're starting from the very beginning, trying to find what change you wanting to implement. Next, the AI method is structured as a group effort type method. Cotter seems to involve more of a leader's perspective towards the process of change. And finally, in the Cotter's framework, you get the importance of influencing people to accept the change. In comparison, AI focuses on the process of creation, design, and bringing to life the newness to the organization as a whole. Thank you so much for everything. I really appreciate all your awesome feedback. And I hope to start my own podcast someday because uh, this has really helped me identify some stuff and feel more confident in who I am. So thank you so much.